Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Hey everyone, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast today. It's uh, actually July 1st, so first day of July here. Uh, we're coming to you from the Modern Cowboy Podcast studio here in Wickenburg, Arizona, right inside of National Rope Supply. Today, I just want to acknowledge our sponsor who's making this show possible today. It's Kim Class Jewelry. Kim's been making fine silver and gold jewelry for the past 30-something years, and just a wide variety of styles and price ranges. But she's got a new piece that she introduced recently. It's a inspirational design, and it's super cool. It's it's actually an arrow that makes a cross on this dog tie dog tag type pendant. Uh, but that cross is also, and that arrow also runs the barrel pattern, which is the pattern that barrel racers run when they're in the arena. So it's a super cool, super cool piece of jewelry. And on the back of it, it's inscribed, don't look back. So it's, it's not only beautiful, but it's inspirational. Uh, you can check out Kim Class Jewelry on uh, Instagram and Facebook at Kim Class Jewelry. And class is spelled with a K, so that's Kim Class, K-L-A-S-S. Uh, she also has a website, kimclass.com. So check that out. Maybe just hit her up on uh, social media and let her know what you think of her products. So, hey, today I'm super excited to have a guest on we have today, Jenna Schmink. She is a professional barrel racer, a former Miss Rodeo Florida, a United States Air Force veteran. She owns a business called Naughty Halters and also is launching and hosting her own podcast called Horsepower Podcast. So super excited to have uh, Jenna on the show today. Uh, Jenna, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Hey, thank you. It's so great to be here. Yeah, and we were talking right before the show. You're actually in one of my favorite towns, Cody, Wyoming. What are you guys doing out there? Well, we are here for the rodeo. We are up in the slack, so we're just waiting for our turn to run. And I love this town, too. I've actually had a had a lot of luck here. This is one of the arenas where I ran my fastest on a standard pattern. So I'm hoping uh, to do that again and break my own personal record. But we're kind of rodeoing in this area through the forest. We've got Cody, Red Lodge, Livingston, and then we'll slide over to South Dakota where I'm from and hit the Belfouche Roundup. Awesome. And I, I know you're traveling uh, with uh, another great cowgirl who's uh, I've actually had on the podcast and she's just been a great supporter of us, Carly Twistleman. And um, yep, you bet. And we actually just had my sister come into the rig with us too, um, Trisha Shields. She's from down in Oklahoma. So we are, we're packed full this week. <laughs> well, very cool. Well, hey, just, uh, you know, tell the listeners, you know, a little bit about yourself, how you got started in barrel racing and the, the Western uh, lifestyle and culture and, and just give us as much information or as little as you want. Okay. Well, I grew up on a ranch in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. It was a 10,000 acre ranch and my family raised buffalo, cattle and sheep at one point. So agriculture and the Western way of life was just instilled in all us kids from an early age. And, and basically since the moment I could sit up on my own, my parents had me on a horse. And so my whole family just always um, supported rodeo and let us go to play days. We did 4-H, just kind of everything that we could get into. 
um, as far as horse related sports go, but I just fell in love with barrel racing. Um, it was my absolute favorite. Um, and then right out of high school, I kind of shook things up and joined the military and, and I was following uh, my sister's footsteps so she joined ahead of me and then my brother ended up joining too he's younger than I am um, but that kind of took me away from the rodeo world for about eight or nine years and then I, I was getting to the age where I needed to either run for a state title to carry at Miss Rodeo America or I was going to get too old so at the time I was living in Florida stationed at Hurlburt Field um, so I just thought you know what the heck this isn't really my home state but I was a resident there so I ran I won and that whole year I just fell back in love with the sport and I didn't end up winning Miss Rodeo America but after that experience I was bound and determined to like get back in the arena and do what I love again. So that kind of started the journey with the horse that I have now, whose name is Taz. And I got him off of the racetrack as a four-year-old um, with just a couple of months of riding on him. So that was a huge undertaking. Um, I'd never trained my own horse or anything like that before. I'd always pretty much ridden either finished ranch horses or just, you know, something that was really broke and we made it do everything. Right. Um, so through that, I had, I, came in contact with some really great mentors, um, some really great horsemen, and he turned out to be really awesome. I, I still run him today. He's in his fourth year um, as, a, I guess, a pro, entering pro races, um, but we're, we're still just chipping away at my ultimate dream to run at the NFR and, you know, hopefully one day claim a world uh, championship, which is such a tough undertaking as I'm, I'm learning, but it's really, <laughs> really fun to pursue. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then through that, um, through that dream or that journey, it led me to kind of start some other things like the podcast, just because I enjoy learning and um, sharing so much with others and just continually growing my craft and looking, you know, over the fence. The idea with my podcast is to learn from other facets of the equine industry. So not rodeo related necessarily at all but more like jumping, reining, dressage, things you'd never even think of like polo or jousting, just the common denominator being the horse as a partner or an athlete with you. Um, and then, you know, being out here on the road, I'm sure everybody listening knows it's fairly expensive. So that's what led me to start my company, Naughty Halsters. And so I was just basically selling the tack that I was using um, and trying to kind of create something custom to just help fund me going down the road. And then also just self-promotion. I'm a my best paid endorsee or my biggest endorsee, I guess. Um, so with all that going on, it keeps me pretty busy. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Very cool. Now, you said something at the beginning that always, you know, catches me because, you know, my dream would have been to grow up on a uh, a, a big ranch, but you said a 10,000 acre ranch. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just like so many people's dream. <laughs> when, you, when you were in the middle of it, did you like think, well, man, maybe I'd like to be in the city or I wish I was closer to a mall or, or you, were you just... <laughs> Did you just love it then or what was that like? Well, growing up, I mean, that's all we knew really. So we didn't, we didn't even understand how big it was or that, you know, that people didn't did anything different. Right. And we were just outside constantly. And in South Dakota, there's really cold winters and really hot short summers, but just, you know, all year round, all, all that we wanted to do was ride. So we got a really good seat. We didn't have a lot of instruction, but we just grew up literally on the back of a horse. And then it wasn't until about high school that I started realizing that people do other fun stuff <laughs> where civilization is. So when I was in high school, I really wanted to like move into town and be around my friends. And I played basketball and volleyball and ran track. And the town I grew up in was so little that 
pretty much everyone had to play every sport or we wouldn't have a team. So the town was like 670 some people. There was a hundred kids in the whole high school. So it wasn't, it wasn't really an option. Like you were going to play all the sports to support your community, like support your friends and whatever else. So I just really wanted to get to town. And it wasn't until like later in life that I realized how special like that upbringing was and how rare it is, especially, you know, in today's world where kids are inside glued to their phones, glued to the TV screen, you know, that just wasn't, wasn't what we did at all. So we were very fortunate to grow up out there. Yeah. And speaking of our phones, you know, you, you have a, a really large uh, social media following. Did you, did you set out to, to do that? Or was that something that kind of happened organically? <laughs> what, 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 what was Oh, your... no, not at all. And uh, it's funny. Um, we were just talking about this the other day in the rig, just the importance of social media and how many doors it opens and just what a powerful tool it can be, right. you know, if you use it properly. But as far as my, my, following when I started I just wanted to like document what I was doing so I was really proud of the progress that Taz was making and it really wasn't until I bought him that I even started and I had some really great mentors who were active and and very busy on social media too which encouraged me to just share what you're doing and don't try to be the expert but just Mm -hmm. share your story and other people can relate to that because they're closer to that versus somebody who's got a million followers who's already won several world world championship buckles you know like right. I, I can relate because pretty much last year I was going through the same struggles as a lot of my followers are going through right now mm-hmm. so that's how I started and then I think you know anything that you pay a lot of attention to and nurture and grow or, or whatever will allow you to grow so it is a job definitely it takes a lot of work um but it is something that has opened so many doors for me. I'm just super appreciative of it, um, even though it is a pain right. <laughs> on occasion. <laughs> yeah, it it is. It's it's definitely got to be managed like any other type of uh, of job. That that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So, so now you guys you guys had buffalo. So tell me, tell us about that a little bit. The did you raise like big herds of buffalo, or, or what was that? What was that like? So the buffalo industry started booming. I think we got into it in like 1995. Mm-hmm. It was kind of on the wave or the craze of like um, organic and healthy food. And I think that was the time when Whole Foods was just opening um, because I remember my dad would go to like grocery stores and promote the meat because the meat is so much leaner naturally than beef cattle. So it's really good for you. And it tastes just about exactly the same depending on, you know, who's preparing it. But um, I can't tell the difference, but it is a lot better for you so that's kind of what inspired that um but having buffalo is so much different than having beef cattle we had to completely refence the whole ranch mm-hmm. um like three feet taller because they can just jump flat-footed an incredible height like eight to twelve feet flat-footed right. so we were raising the fences we built all new corrals and all new systems to work them um with hydraulic chutes and just catwalks and it was just a really crazy transition but they're such a cool animal Um, they're just like majestic and just truly need to be left alone. Like when they're calving, you can't, you can't help them. Um, they're really hardy in the winter. Like they don't, they don't have quite as much trouble in the cold winters in South Dakota as, as beef cattle would. They were a lot less maintenance, um, just cause they, they are a wild animal. So you really can't get close to them. They, they just want to be left alone. And, um, it was really, really a cool experience. I don't think a lot of people have spent so much time with buffalo I know a lot of people use them for cutting but we would just have them like in the back pasture and we actually had a bottle calf once which was really cool I thought um but different than a beef cow because 
they never really calmed down. They never really like became tame for us. <laughs> right, so right. It, was, <laughs> it was interesting trying to, to feed her every day. Yeah, her name you, was Dakota. And you, and you probably don't want to throw a rope around the neck of some big uh, bull either. That would probably. Uh, oh, no, they're just super powerful and super yeah. quick, just very um, strong animals. And if they don't if they don't want to do something, they are just absolutely not going to. I, I remember one one year we bought a buffalo from a town that was like 100 miles away and we put him in the huge pipe fence, you know, for like 10 or 15 days so he could kind of acclimate and then turn right. him out with the rest of the bulls. And he just took off going back to Harding County, just <laughs> through all the fences. <laughs> we, we went and picked him up, tried it again, and he just went back. So we're like, well, I guess he just want, he wants to live in Harding County. So that's what he's going to do. That's crazy. Too funny. Mm -hmm. So are, now you, are you hauling two horses now or you just got one horse that you're, that you're. I just have the one. So, and he actually got hurt maybe two weeks ago he cut his foot mm -hmm. um which he was pretty much bubble wrapped but he found a way to cut the top of his fetlock mm -hmm. in his stall so I was running a backup horse that I just kind of found super last minute like mm -hmm. a friend of a friend knew about this horse right. and so I was running him um last week but my my good horse Taz is ready to rock and roll again for this last this last week and after actually after the fourth of july i'll be headed back to afghanistan so he really only has to get through about four more runs and then he's on a on a bit of a break again today's episode is brought to you by modern cowboy performance nutrition their brand of clinically researched products help support overall health do you want to burn fat build lean muscle improve strength increase energy and vitality help with pain relief Go to www.thecowboyway.com. Register to get your personal discount code. Take the bull by the horns and use the brand that cowboys love. Now, now what are you going? What are you going back to Afghanistan for? I mean, are you? You're not still active military, are you? No, I'm not in the military. But my favorite way to answer this question is, well, there's war going on there. I know a lot of people forgot by now. Right. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I work as a civilian doing a similar similar job as as what I did in the military, and we're rotational now, so I'll be back and forth um, for at least the next year or the next couple of years, probably. Okay, so so you're you're a contractor then? Are you basically? Um, yes, so I'm not in the military at all. Right. Okay. Can you talk about what you do, or is it classified? Uh, no, really, I can't. It's kind of unfortunate because i think it's really cool and i right. enjoy it you know while i'm over there but no unfortunately i'd get get in a lot of trouble if i did uh, yeah i understand that i understand i, had, I actually had uh, a couple of uh, active actually seals on the on the podcast early on and oh awesome and, and uh, they have a, a skateboard company that they started called tribe skate super cool and anyway we did their episode and, and we posted it and they sent me some information and i posted it and then they messaged me to go hey get that off there we you know we, we we can't have that on there. It was like, oh man. Yeah. Anyway, we, we took care of it, but very cool. Well, yeah, that's it's crazy how touchy everything is, but I mean, I can talk about the living conditions or like how I feel there. And I mean, it is such a crazy thing to do on a consistent basis. I was just over there for about a year and then I came back for this break in the summertime to rodeo. And then I'll just kind of be in and out um, for the next couple of years. 
That's cool. So, so let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it's like over there. What are the conditions like? What is there anything you like about it over there or dislike? <laughs> well, I like the fact that in my off time, there's nothing else to do other than go to the gym and get on a laptop. So it's a really great opportunity for me to, you know, do some online marketing, grow my inventory, like think about some social media strategy or just like more business development, like what my plans are, how I'm going to grow and, and stuff like that. So it's kind of like an R and R really like from the real world, you just go and seclude yourself and you have to work when you're at work. But when you're not there, there aren't any bars you're going to go to. There's no restaurants. There's just nothing else to do. So <laughs> working out is a huge part of it. I mean, there's no excuse to not go to the gym six times a week. I mean, there's always a break day or a rest day, but other, otherwise it's, the culture is just that you need to be fit, um, take care of your body, like eat right. So it's really easy to be around those type of people that are just um, super motivated in that way. So I definitely work out way more when I'm deployed than when I'm home mm -hmm. and get on the laptop, try to work on everything online. Well, very cool. Very cool. So, um, so, and, and you said that's going to last for, for how much longer? Well, it's kind of, you have a lot more um, freedom to say when you want to stay or when you want to go as a civilian. So it's just a, like a regular job. If I wanted to quit today, I could, um, but it is really great work and it's only kind of part-time. Mm -hmm. um, so for the, you know, most people's motivator is the money. For me, that is a motivator, but also the freedom when I get home to just completely check out for three months at a time and go chase my rodeo dreams right. and not worry about if I'm winning, not worry about how I'm going to fill my tank with diesel. Like I know that I have a good job to go back to and we can, we can work on this halftime schedule until, you know, until I'm really rocking and rolling and winning more than I'm making over in Afghanistan. So that's my plan for the immediate future anyway. Awesome. And wait, where, where, where do you call home now? Are you still, do you still live in uh, North Dakota or? In, in Texas, yep, just north of Dallas, a little ways. Oh, you are okay. Now, do you do you yeah. uh, do you team rope or anything, or do you just mostly just barrel race? I mean, growing up on a ranch, I always had to rope a little bit for brandings and just working cattle and everything, but I never um, really got into the roping events in rodeo. So I'm not really, I don't consider myself a roper, and I would love to attempt the breakaway because they're making it more mainstream and allowing it at more rodeos now would be really cool but for for now no very cool what's the future look like in terms of you know once you finish up what you're doing afghanistan and stuff are you do you have plans to go into any other kind of business or is it going to do rodeo full-time or you know what, what are your thoughts so i think as a business owner I've really grown in the last couple of years. My business has only been around for about four years, but if you study business at all, you know that 50% of businesses fail within the first year and 90% by the second year. So I've made it through those serious humps and I'm learning more and more as I go. And part of getting this job in Afghanistan was saying, hey, you've got to step back from this business and not spend all of the profits. You've got to reinvest that into the business. And then maybe in five years or 10 years, you can spend at the rate that I was. Um, but I started that business to fund my rodeo dreams. And then I quickly realized that that's a pretty violent, that's a violent way to run a business. <laughs> right. 
spend all the profits. Um, so hopefully I can continue to grow that business. I really enjoy um, marketing, being an entrepreneur and, and creating, you know, like coming up with designs and looking flashy in the arena. And that, that company just really fits my personality and my style and kind of what I want to do um, um, in the arena. So I think I'll always have, have that going. Um, and then I also really enjoy real estate and don't always want to work for someone else. And so the idea is that I'll be my own, my own boss entirely with the freedom to do whatever I want. And for the last several years, that's always been rodeo. I just absolutely love it. I'm obsessed with it. I eat, sleep, breathe rodeo. And all I do is try to figure out a way to make it work, how to fund being on the road constantly, how to get another horse in the works, how to learn from people, you know, that are ahead of me that are doing better or, you know, just constantly trying to craft the trade and figure out how to do it because people are you know there's 15 girls that make it to the finals every year each one of them does it different so I've just got to figure out how that looks for me and then you know be able to enter enough rodeos to give myself a chance yeah very cool so how long ago did you start uh, your company Naughty Halters four years ago oh, four yep. years ago yeah you said that that's right yep and and so what all products do you have in in, in that line so basically anything that I wear on my horse, I'll sell other than the saddle. Um, my main, my main item is halters. That's what it started as. Right. Um, and then I also wear a lot of tack. So when I change my outfit, I change my tack to match. So that's breast collar, head stall, and then like polo wraps or splint boots or whatever. And I'll sell some pads too. Um, but the main thing is the halters and then um, the breast collars too. Now it looks like I- And that kind of- <laughs> that that kind of blossomed into a whole nother uh, like apparel line for jsmink.com and then I realized maybe I don't just enjoy selling products I want to sell my information and knowledge too so I do one-on-one -on -one coaching month-long coaching a small video review um, and then I'll do clinics also and instead of just selling a product I want to help help the younger generations, but also make it worth my while and kind of wrap that in different, different little packages so that all price ranges can, you can, you can get in there at any, any level you want. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so what, what, uh, and I, I just scrolled through the social media and I just, I saw on your, uh, on your, um, Naughty Halters, uh, Instagram, you have, there, there is a hat in there. Does that, is that, uh, part of your design too with the with the bottoms of the hats or is that just something that was no that's just um something that I wear just for fun I don't get into the hats because it's such a it's, it's like a, it's adjustable so I don't have to hold a lot of stock in that I can have gotcha. one or two of each design and be okay where hats hats is a little different animal and that's just not not something I've tackled yet <laughs> gotcha very cool so besides uh, the the naughty halters you have your your uh, we talked about a little bit, you're getting ready to, uh, or you've, you've launched the podcast, but, but you just don't have, uh, you know, like your first episodes out yet. Is that correct? Right. So we recorded the first episode twice and due to the poor Wi-Fi in Afghanistan, I basically lost the audio. Okay. Um, so we re-recorded when I got back here to California and my co-host or my partner in this is Steve Paulson and he's from California. So it was really easy. I just went over there um, when I was rodeoing in California and I met with him and he gave me some lessons in Liberty um, and freestyle. Cause he comes from 
like a totally different world. He was a three-day eventer, a polo player, um, and then he did work for Cavalia and does a lot of at liberty work and like like tricks like laying down rain up stuff like that so totally different world right. um, but we have it recorded and I was actually just working on that earlier today trying to figure out how I'm going to get this audio in my phone to everyone's ears <laughs> <laughs> so just if you just follow on social media I'll let you know when it's released but it should be here within the, hopefully within the next couple hours but if not within the next couple of days awesome so um do you have a, a a favorite hat brand that you that you wear? Um, no, not really. I don't I don't have any loyalty to any certain brand. I just look at hat that fits, and usually that means because I've worn it for a hundred years. So I just have a couple of Rodeo Kings, a couple of Resist All hats. I think I've got an American too, but whatever looks good, you know, that's what right. it's all about, and right. it'll stay on. Okay. <laughs> And and how about how about boots? Are are you um, off the chart with boots like shoes or you have a favorite brand? Yep, you- off the chart with boots. <laughs> the only thing that's contracted is my booty, and that's in Kimes Ranch jeans. <laughs> but otherwise, free agent from head to toe. Nice. Uh, what about uh, you? Got a favorite cowboy movie or western movie or? Oh, growing up, I was obsessed with McClintock, and I don't know if anybody is seen that movie or not but it's a it's a pretty good one yeah no, i'll quote I, it every now and then and not a lot of people get get my quotes but they don't they don't get the references now that that is a great movie <laughs> no. though. yeah that's probably my favorite that's very cool so let's let's talk about your kimes ranch jeans that's uh uh you have you have a deal with them and you're a model for them and yep you bet and they are such an amazing company that i've gotten to know over the last couple of years it just kind of finally perfectly worked out with the timing and everything um, to sign with them this year. But I met the owners and the creators and a lot of the people that work on their staff out in Las Vegas a couple of years ago um, on a shoot. And they're just really down to earth people who are, you know, Western lifestyle too. They're not a big company right. as big as some of the, you know, the huge names They they truly care about their endorsees. They, they contact me you know, every couple of days and I can pick up the phone and tell the owner what I like or what I don't like. And I, that to me is worth, you know, a lot, a lot. Cause I've worked with some bigger companies too, and you're just a number and that's great. But at the end of the day, I want to be, you know, supported and surrounded by people who want me to win, not just what can they get from me. <laughs> so it, it works out. It's a great, great partnership. Right. And, and it's interesting. I just uh, actually, got a couple pairs myself that's that's the thing about their styles is is i really like their styles as well i like the fit yeah it's just a super cool brand yeah i do too and they've got something for about everybody i really am into the bell bottoms these days and a little bit higher rise just because it's mm-hmm. so slimming on a horse and super long since i ride and you know that's just just fits the bill so yeah i am um, Actually, the first time I ordered some, uh, I got them, oh gosh, I think it was like 2013 or 12 or something. And I called and they were just really getting going. But I talked to, I believe, uh, the, I think it, it might have been the the dad or father-in-law. He was covering the phones for him. But I, but I thought what I thought was cool about them was they, they had the little pocket for your knife on the side, you know, with the little. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very cool. And then um, I actually just actually just got a couple pairs dropped off to me from, uh, from Sue uh, with them. So. Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, excellent. Yeah, very cool. So, um, what are you are you guys up tonight at all there in uh, in um? No, we're Cody? up in the morning at Red Lodge, so we'll head over there and run in Slack, and then back here to Cody for Slack the very next day. 
And then where are you off to after that, did you say? And then it's Livingston and then Belfouche, South Dakota. And then I'll I'll head out after that and then um, these girls probably keep going, but not real sure where they're headed after that. I have a hard enough time keeping track of where I'm going. Right, right. <laughs> Well, very cool, Jenna. Hey, it's awesome that uh, he took the time to come on. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, you getting your podcast launched. And like we talked, if you need any help with anything, I'd be happy to, to help you. And uh, uh, Awesome. Just, well, I appreciate it. Yeah, and just look forward to to seeing you make it to the uh, NFR one of these years here soon. I know it. Dang it. I'm not going to stop till I do. I don't know when it'll be, but <laughs> give her hell. Well, very cool. Hey, I, I want to just thank our uh, sponsor for the show again, uh, Kim Class Jewelry. Again, that's uh, at Kim Class Jewelry on Facebook and Instagram and www.kimclass.com. Uh, check out her new uh, unique uh, barrel racing pendant uh, with the inscription, don't look back on it. Uh, again, hey, big thank you to uh, Jenna for coming on the podcast. And uh, that's all for today. And we'll, we'll see you next time. Hey, I want to thank all of our listeners and sponsors of the show. Without you, the show would not be possible. We so appreciate the reviews and ratings, which increases awareness in our effort to grow the fan base of the cowboy, rodeo, and Western lifestyle culture. If you are new to the show or have been a listener for a while and have just not had the opportunity to rate and review the podcast, it's really simple. Just trot your pony over to the iTunes Apple Podcast, click on the show, scroll down to rate and review, and give us a five-spur rating. The podcast is available on Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as many other platforms where you listen to podcasts. Just type Modern Cowboy Podcast into the search bar to subscribe, listen, rate, and review. And if you're interested in being a sponsor of the show to showcase your business, DM us on Instagram at Modern Cowboy Podcast or message us on our website, www.moderncowboypodcast.com. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at? Every Friday afternoon, I hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I drive that old back road until it ends At the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same the minute we ride in to the roping pen Well, I ain't no play your speed But I give her hell, he can never can tell Someday I just might be We'll turn a few steers and we'll tell a few lies Kick back in the saddle and philosophize Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives 
half the fingers on his hands to the rope and pin. And it takes a little skill and a little luck. If you can talk smack, if you can back it up. Oh, but we're all friends, no matter who wins, down at the rope and pin. Turn another pin of steers Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the roping pen Down